You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Good evening, Michael. Andre Pru. So good to hear you. It you is. I've this in a long time. I know. You've been spending so much time at my house. It's just it's about time I had to kick your ass out of here. Yeah, I know. Your wife is getting tired of me sleeping with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say to that. I have absolutely nothing to say to that. Um, I didn't mean it in a sexual way. I just mean we were. <laughs> I was like on the couch. You were on the other couch. <laughs> Um, so, we pulled this next podcast up off the floor of the cutting room. Uh, I think we almost forgotten that you did this one. Uh oh. This is where you were having a little bit too much fun with me while I was away. Oh yes, and I finally sent this to you. Yeah, and you, you must have liked it. Well, I mean, that's the thing is is um, so Kelly Mason sat down and in- interviewed you. And yeah, we, it was we really were... funny because I said, you know what? Um, when I interviewed her, I said, well, I'll have you over for dinner. And she said, oh, I can't stay for dinner, but I'll come another time. And then she came over and she said, before we have dinner, can can I sit down with you? And I'm like, uh, all right, you want She goes, she made it sound like she wanted to redo the whole podcast. Yeah. But that is not what it turned out to be. Nope. No, it definitely wasn't. And um, she decided to interview you so we could yeah. get a winemaker's questions um, of the media. So... Take it away, Kelly. So I've, I've got Kelly Mason back in the studio, and Andre's still out of town. We're recording this in, uh, in like, mid-January, and I have, I have no idea. She said, I really want to come back to the studio. And I'm like, oh, uh, she can't have a new project so soon. So uh, maybe she forgot something, something to tell us. Let's hope it fills a podcast. Kelly, take her away. Well, hi there, and uh, welcome to Two Guys Talking Wine, except it's one girl talking wine. That's me. It's one girl, Kelly Mason, talking to one of the two guys talking wine, Michael Pincus. I'm sitting here today because I'm not a professional podcast host in any way. I'm a winemaker for Domaine Calus, Hansberger Estate, and the Farm Wines. Way too many. <laughs> and... I've always had questions for wine journalists and wondering what motivates them to do what they do. And it turns out that I'm not the only one that have question, that has questions. And if you're listening to this today, chances are you've heard Andre and Michael's previous podcasts, and they've interviewed some really amazing people in the wine industry. So I have questions today from other people. So if I totally suck at this, hang in there with me. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do fine. Wait a second. No, you're going to no, interview no. me? Is I'm going to interview you. Well, then screw this. You know what? You're sitting in this chair because it's the uncomfortable one. <laughs> oh, and this I'm, is so comfortable. Yeah, you're getting in. Yeah. Oh, if man. I'm being interviewed, I want to be in the good chair. Chairs. Yeah, we're switching I'm chairs. I'm going into a $9.99 chair from Ikea. Yeah, this is the like... Chizo chair. So that's oh, man, what you get. This is horrible. Oh, see? I that's... can't even cross my legs. No, you can't cross your All legs. Right. If I'm being interviewed, i got to be comfortable. Okay. And then you know what? I just happened to have a bottle of wine that you said you were coming. So I thought, you know what? If she doesn't bring wine. Um, and if I'm being interviewed, it should be my wine that I, I want. Mm-hmm. I never made this wine. Obviously, I don't make wine. But it is a favorite of mine, uh, as in the grape variety. This, uh, and uh, I'm having brisket tonight, so this went into the brisket. It is a, uh, a Zinfandel, 2012. Oh, cool. uh, I'm a big fan of Zin. We don't make it in Ontario, so yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, thank goodness. And, um, yeah, they wouldn't. Uh, I think someone in the Lake Erie North Shore did it. Here. Uh, I'm okay. I've got enough room. No, really? You sure? Just, You're okay. I might bump you a little bit. Okay, but. that's fine. Okay. I'm good. All right. So going go. back, so I have questions. 
Um, but you know who else has questions? As I was saying, hang in there with me if I suck at this. No, no, you're good. I have questions from Morgan Juniper. Oh, really? From okay. From 16 Mile. Oh, wow. Craig McDonald from Trias. Oh, jeez. Brittany Bazalewski from Creekside Estate. Oh, God. Thomas Batchelder from Batchelder Wines and Dwayne Kalus. Derek Barnett from Melville Wines and... The most amazing, always, Tony Astler. Really? Well, how can Tony, he is a journalist. How can he? Well, you know when they say you should ask a question because other people might have that question? Okay. They do. So you, you since we talked last, you got in touch with all these people yeah. and said, I have questions, or do you, have, you have questions do you have for questions? Michael? What would you like to ask Michael? Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So I guess I'm I guess I'm, I'm on the hot yeah. seat. We'll go. Okay. So I just want to start with this. Uh, I feel like you probably don't need an introduction. Your listeners know who you are. Um, but I want to know some stuff about Michael before I met you. I only know you as a critic. Okay. So were you born in wine country, Ontario? I was not. I was born in, uh, I was born in Edmonton, Alberta. Was there eight days, and then I came to Toronto. And I grew up in Toronto. Okay, so you're pretty much from this area. Yeah, well, from less. Toronto, yeah, GTA. Yeah. So, yeah, I did grow up in Toronto, North York, uh, less mm-hmm. in the 401 area. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's that's where I And I'm... you went to school there, like elementary, high school? All through it, yep. And then I went to uh, Western, mm. uh, Fanshawe. That was in London. Spent 10 years in London. Uh, also, was it, I had a radio did broadcasting. Did you like London post? Loved London. Because they're very different. Well, I, I loved London because... Um, it was so easy to get around London. Mm-hmm. You know, Toronto is so batshit crazy yeah. with traffic that um, even back then. So, so I really, I really loved London because you get some, anywhere you wanted to in, let's say, you know, 10, 15 minutes from one end of the city to the other. They loved drive it. slow. In they do drive slow. Don't get me wrong. It's slow, but, but it's the same as St. Catharines, right? Yeah. Very Almost like a retirement yeah. community. Drive very slowly. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you can still get from one end of town to the other in about 10, 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. I really liked it. I, I lived out in British Columbia for a while. I did a morning show out there. Uh, a little place called Port Hardy, British Columbia, which is the northern tip of Vancouver Island. Um, yeah. And then I came back to Toronto. So you're in North York and you're going to high school. What were your grades like? Um, it was enough to get into Western. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'm just. Getting, I went to Western. Okay, so I know it depends on what faculty you're uh, well, trying to get into. Well, I got. I got. I was in English, um, uh-huh. so that was that was the faculty I, I was uh-huh. in. Uh, I did get a, a, a Bachelor of Arts in uh, English Literature, um, and then as I said, I went to Fanshawe and got a degree in Radio mm-hmm. Broadcasting. So, uh, what grade did you get in English in high school? Let's say grade. Do you know what? I was probably in the low B's mm-hmm. if I was gonna if I'm anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my my best. A subject was history. History bumped me all the way up. Uh, I, I, surprising, I didn't go into history. Somebody asked me why didn't you go to because I got a ninety-eight in history. I love history. How do you get a ninety-eight? I was very good at history. That's the kind of this, uh, facts and figures and uh, things like that I can remember. My wife tells me to take the garbage out. I totally blank on that one. <laughs> but uh, but I can you know facts and figures. That's why wine interests me so much is because I can remember dates. You know yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. How was the two thousand eight? Two thousand was great. You know yeah. how was you know wine how was that vintage? Story. Blah blah blah. And there's a story and a history. And the more history I can gather mm-hmm. from wines. Uh, so it, it kind of brings that history idea and, and of course, the love of drinking together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, so 
If I would have met you in high school, um... we would not have dated. I'm sure you would have thought I was a real geek, and you would have. My wife says that now. She sees pictures of me, and she's like, "There's no way we would have dated." Okay, that's so. what I. So I was wondering, like, what social class were you in? Like the jocks, the no. like you were the you were the like were you like, well, we're part video, of were you video games? Or no, were you... no, not video games. Just a, a bunch of we're not nerds, but we were just you know weird guys that, that didn't have a clique, and we kind of made our own clique. Mm-hmm. There was just a, a you know a bunch of friends that I had that we we hung out with. We we didn't have any affiliation to any other um, you know group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was Jeff Jeff Harper? Uh, these days, he's a salesman. Martin Yalaric. He's um, actually he's probably the the most accomplished of all of us. He works for car companies and designs cars and stuff like mm-hmm. that in Europe. So um, you know, he's he's doing really well. I, I ran for vice president uh, of high school. Won that one plastered the the school with uh, with posters that Martin drew some of those posters are absolutely hilarious How many people ran uh, there was four or five of us okay. I'm just making that ran. Sure yeah it, it wasn't just, just a, it wasn't an acclamation <laughs> I was the underdog in the whole thing um, and uh, yeah I, I basically wallpapered the school in these in these funny posters and um, and then uh, I knew the vice president at the, the at the time that I was I was going to replace and um, or that I, that I was soon to replace, and I had him go up on stage and say I wasn't going to be there. And then I knew the guy in the AV department. I knew enough people to get along with, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. So I had the guy in the uh, in the AV department play uh, Robert Plant's tall, cool one. And I walked in the back door with three bodyguards dressed all in leather. It awesome. was really cute, yeah, yeah, and or funny, and that and the whole school loved that. So that's probably why I won. Gimmick wins. Yeah, gimmick, yeah, personality, yeah. confidence, yeah. it wins. So. Um, okay, so just, are you an only child? I'm not. I have an older brother or a younger sister. Younger sister lives in okay. Australia now. My older brother's still in Toronto. Okay, so back to these friends uh, of yours in high school. Um, what, drink late high school? Did you have a, when were you? No, uh, you know, drinking uh, comes to me uh, quite late, actually. Um, I remember we had a guy working on the front walkway. Mm-hmm. of our house friend of the family and uh, he was sitting there my mother bought him beer and you know paid him whatever he wanted mm-hmm. at that time but he was just learning to do interlocking paving stones I remember watching him because yeah, yeah. you know when you're young you have nothing better to do yeah, than yeah. watch other people work and you're like ah, I can go play whenever I want yeah. and he, he said you want a sip of the beer and I said sure and I just I hated it uh, but I think at some point you come to like you know beer you're just not old enough to mm-hmm. to understand it all my or mother. You can, you can like it when you're six or seven too. Yeah, you can, and that was obviously you, uh, is what you're trying to get at. Um, now, my mother liked a glass of wine with the occasional weekend dinner, and I think that's where, um, I guess, an interest in wine would happen. Mm-hmm. My mother, though, she didn't like great wines at all. She liked Shakespeare's favorite wine, Columbard. Call him Bard? No, not no, not a good joke. Okay, got it. But that was her wine I'm of choice. My head right yeah. Now. <laughs> so that was that was her wine of choice. It was okay. a it was a French Columbard. That's what she always drank. And then my father didn't drink at all. Um, the only thing that he drank wine wise was Dinehard Green Label, which is a sweet Riesling. If so he you drank would have it all. a glass of those at dinner. With them, I would try them, yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, the thing in the back of your mind is there's got to be something better than this. Yeah, yeah. But this is, I can't buy it myself. So this is pretty much. This is what you're getting. This is what I'm getting tonight yeah. and yeah, for yeah. the rest of, you know, my next 10 years until I can go out to the beer store yeah. and, and buy booze. 
So when you can buy alcohol, are you buying wine? Are you buying beer at this point? Are you into spirits? Um, a beer. I know. I'm, I'm asking like in your Western days, what were you drinking? Uh, well, a mix of wine, wine and beer. Uh, I got I got the wine bug early, okay. um, and my wine the wine bug comes to me through the love of theater. Uh, I started liking. Um, we had a school trip to uh, the Shaw yeah. Festival, mm -hmm. and uh, I said, well, "All right, well, I, I'm going to I want to go more often. I'm going to go by myself." And then when you start, not by myself, but with girlfriends and things like that, and we would come down and and you would see one play and go home, see another play, go home, and then you realize, okay, let's make a weekend of it. And you can only go to Marineland so many times. There's not a lot, you know, yeah, to yeah. do down here at that time. But then you realize that there's, like, Sunnybrook, which is a fruit winery. Uh, you see Inneskillen. You see some of the wineries that are popping up. And you go, oh, let's, let's check those out. And I really got interested in, in wine through there. And I started a very small small wine collection uh, that way by, by buying wine. I still drank beer. Um, you know, uh, all, all my all the neighbors uh, that, that I hung around with in the neighborhood, we all loved hockey, so we played hockey. And um, we during the playoffs, especially, we would uh, we'd have things called smoke breaks. Now I didn't smoke at all, uh, thankfully on that one. But all everybody else, my brother smoked, my neighbor Matthew smoked, Eve smoked, like everybody smoked in the neighborhood. I, I don't know how I didn't smoke in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. and. Um, we would go out during the first period intermission, the second period intermission, everybody would sit there and smoke and have a beer. And I was, you know, they were all a few years younger, uh, older than I was, but I would sit and have a beer with them. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, because um, my parents didn't know and Matthew's parents didn't know we were drinking beer, we left the beer outside. Well, on a really, really cold day, we were, you know, looking at frozen beer. So we we're like, ah, oh, well, that's not working. So. But it wouldn't have been normal, I don't think, then to be drinking wine. Like, even with your girlfriends, you were drinking wine in your early 20s. I would say but yes. You, like Not if, a lot, but just yeah. Yeah, some. But if you're going to parties in London and whatnot, you weren't bringing wine to the parties, were you? No, it was mostly beer, um, yeah, coolers. You know, that's that's you know, it's the 80s, right? That's coolers yeah. were big, and wine was was not as as big as it is is there now. There were a lot of sweet coolers. A lot of sweet coolers. Everybody liked that, and beer. You yeah. know, you're in you're in. I think I, I don't know many many people back then, let's mm -hmm. say, that went to uh, went to university and drank wine. Yeah, it was always beer because it was cheap, it's right? It's not Montreal. It's not McGill. Like London. No. London is London. Not you're in some Labatt's town. And funny yeah. enough, I don't yeah. like Labatt's. I'm a Montreal yeah. Canadiens fan, so I like Molson's. Yeah. Because Molson's. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Labatt's is, yeah. Okay. So within your family then, what made you... This is a Thomas Batchelder question okay. for you. Um, so... You were the first person in your family then to take wine really seriously. Correct. Your parents like drank it, and what made you take notice of wine? Well, like, obviously my mother, right? Mm -hmm. that, that it was that it was there. Uh, and funny enough, I was the one who got my mother into more serious um, wine. Good job. Yeah, um, because I the the wine bug bit me pretty hard, and I I, I didn't have anywhere to really uh, lay my hat, so I mm -hmm. started kind of a wine cellar at my parents' place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I would come over to see mom and we'd have a glass of wine or something like that. And, you know, that would be. And you start to talk wine with yeah, your mom. Yeah. 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 And what is she I was writing. I was I was doing a little bit of writing at the time, but I was, you know, and she has always been interested in wine. But because my father was never interested in wine, she just, you know, why open a bottle yourself? Although now mm -hmm. she opens a bottle herself all the time. But back then she, she wouldn't. So you just sit with her, have a glass of wine, and talk chat. about wine. 
Talk about you, the day. Talk about you, the day and were wine. You researching wine at all at that point? I, uh, yes, at that time, yes. I've, I've been doing this now for, and it's it's hard to believe so. Too, I, I'm going to say uh, fifth, over 15 years. Okay, I've 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 been writing about wine, um, or it, and 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 the love of wine goes back even further. I didn't know my mother was into into wine until you know years later. I you know I hate to say I had to move back home, uh, started a, new, a, a whole new business with a friend of mine, and I just I just lived with my parents for a few years, and that's where my mother really started to start loving wine. She actually would come. Uh, um, to down to Niagara with me, uh, we had done a couple of wine trips. At one point, she wanted to go to a jazz festival, to the the Monterey Jazz Festival, and my father's like, "I'm I don't like jazz. I'm not going." We wouldn't even mm-hmm. bend on that one. He's like, "I'm not going okay. to some jazz festival." Mm-hmm. So That's my where mother you gets your hardheadedness from. Yeah, and my mother phones me up. She goes, "Would you like to go to the Monterey Jazz Festival?" I go, "Oh, California's nice." Blah blah. She goes, "We're spending a couple days in, in San Francisco as well. It's a whole week." I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds kind of nice," but. We got to throw some wine in there somewhere. And it turns out we had a day, a full day in Monterey. And we we rented a car. I actually remember walking, you know, the two miles to go get the car. Uh, Came back, got my mother. And we, you know, and I started at 8 o'clock in the morning. And we did the Monterey wine route. We did Talbot Vineyard. We did Mm -hmm. did a whole bunch of places. We just had a great time. And, you know, I never knew my mother was so much into wine until, you know, she started, you know, seeing that I had an interest and now she has a huge interest. And sometimes she phones me up and she wants to know what's good at the LCBO. She wants Mm -hmm. to, she wants to talk about some wine. Like I'm there visiting. She wants to talk about a glass of wine. She, oh, why is this so like this? And why is it like that? So she's, you know, for 80 years old, she's still on the ball. Well, you need a glass of wine. That's why she's 80. That's right. Yeah. Um, So you started out in radio. I did, yes. What was your first job? Like, what was your oh? I worked very for my first, worked like... for my father. He had a camera store in Oshawa. Oh, okay. Yeah. So photography was not my thing. Um, that was my brother's. My brother still works for Henry's, um, but uh, as as a as a buyer, I think he's like, he was the digital buyer at one point. I think he's now just the buyer, mm-hmm. and um, uh, yeah, I worked for my father. But photography wasn't wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I got fired a number of times by my own father. Which is really funny if you think about it, yeah, and like he kept bringing me back like months later, you know. But but I was it was like being in the penalty he's box. Trying to teach you a lesson. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. And you know, here you go into the penalty box for three months. Mm-hmm. You you're not making any money. And then he's like, "Do you want to come back to work? You're going to behave." And I'm like, "Sure, I'll 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 do that." And then you know, give me give me six eight months and yeah, some you know dumb dumb thing I did. So, so how do you go then? Um, we're going to thank Thomas for this one. He wants to know, because Thomas also did uh, journalism yep. uh, before he became a winemaker. So how do you go from being a wine geek to a wine journalist? Um, like from mom, sitting with mom to... What, that's really funny. Not but to you, where you are today. That's a really big jump. That's a jump. What was the, like, that's not what I'm asking about. At the very beginning, like how did you go from having your job to saying, you know what? I'm going to just go to reviewing wine. Well, it's, it's really it's really funny because uh, I don't know why, but Thomas sent me these very questions earlier today. <laughs> because he didn't know. <laughs> so uh, I know you've got this one ready, but you don't. Have, I've got more for you. But he so he sent he sends me this uh, the thing, and I and, and okay, so this sounds really bad, and I and mm. and I try to polish this story up a little bit, but. I, I have I have a friend. So when I was when I I had a I have a recording studio, and I do on hold messaging. That's that's what my my buddy and I started. 
you know, back in 2001, that was our business that we started. Is that where you lived with your parents? That's where, yeah, I'm, li- I'm now in the basement of my parents' house, and we've started a business, <laughs> so and I have wait, a recording studio. You're the person that says, like, for a company when you're on hold, you're the voice that's talking yeah. and giving messages? Yeah. Yeah. That's like it. advertising? Or... Correct. That's the kind of thing that I do. Yes. Uh, that's one of the things I do. Okay. And uh, so I have myself, and we had uh, uh, met somebody who was doing our female voices, because I can't do female voices very well. So, <laughs> yeah, you're, and I, yeah. You're a bit of a baritone. Yeah. So uh, what ends up happening is uh, I've, I've never I've never met her, but we start talking uh, one year after after Christmas. And I, I say, so what did you do over, over Christmas? So she starts talking about um, f- uh, friends that she has, who's getting married, who's who's having babies, who she saw, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, what did you do? And I said, well, it so happens I went to this party and uh, this guy pulled out some old Riesling from the from the basement. And it was, it was you know, really good. And I, I described why it was good. And she goes, what else did you do? And I said, oh, then he pulled out this, this you know, other other wine and a Pinot Noir and and she start, and, and so she stops me and she goes, but what about the people? Didn't you still not see any people over the break? And I'm like, who cares about the people? The wine was so interesting. Makes me sound like a real ass. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at that point, I just was the, the interesting part was that wine. I knew all the people. Mm-hmm. I knew what they did, and you know, we talked. But the wine was the more interesting part to me mm-hmm. to taste all those these all those old wines that I had not tried. And she said. You know what we got to do? We got to build you a website, and you've got to write about wine. This is this obviously mm-hmm. is a passion; it's a calling. So I did. I started writing about wine. Uh, I built a website, and I think what I told Thomas was, you know, either you, you have to start, you have to taste a lot of wine first. You can't just pick a pen and start writing for the world. Mm-hmm. Write for yourself first. Figure out what your voice is mm-hmm. uh, for wine. Um, uh, figure out you know what your niche is and mine was Ontario when I first started I'm right here why not talk about you know what what we have here so that's where I where that's where I kind of come to wine mm-hmm. um and and what I would what I would say to other people is, is find your voice mm-hmm. first and then you know launch it to the world don't just you know start writing or or whatever mm-hmm. well that's what I was going to ask you too is you know for young people out there that are exactly where you were at at that Christmas party or they're tasting wine and they think they have a shot at writing about it um, like there must have been a point at the start where you just said, "Oh my gosh, can I really do this?" Or oh, sure, so going to actually like yeah, are self-doubt. they going to listen to me? Like self doubt. What do you have to say to to not even like the people that are thinking of becoming a journalist, but even like people that are tasting wine, the Psalms, people that think, you know what, I'm a good writer, I'm a great taster. Should I go to X Y Z? Should I start my own website? Should I start blogging? Should I start a podcast? And they have that self-doubt. Well, I, I would I would think it's the same as a winemaker. Mm-hmm. Like, there you are, you're given some grapes, and, and and they say, okay, make some wine out of this. Okay, sure, you've gone to school, sure, you've mm-hmm. you've learned from somebody, but now you're on your own, mm-hmm. right? No one's holding your hand. It's mm-hmm. you, uh, when you started with Hansberger, here they got 2012 Vintage. Okay, go, make us some wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing. you got all kinds of self-doubt. Can I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, you get a stuck fermentation, let's say, and you go, oh, what do I do, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the same thing. You, 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 I just write a lot about wine, and, that's, and, and, and it interested me. I want to taste as much wine as I possibly could. I still want to do it before I die. I want to taste as much wine as I can. Um, you get you get invites occasionally from from agents, or mm-hmm. you you get invites to countries, and you're like, yes, I want to go because I want to experience wine in that place. But I, I also want to experience as much wine as possible. Mm-hmm. 
that didn't answer your question yeah, at no, all. Oh, good. No, I'm okay. getting to know you better. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> I'm realizing I kind of often went off on a tangerine there, but well, now you know how we feel when we sit in that chair because sometimes you're trying to answer a question and you just you just talk about. Correct. Right. Whatever yeah, comes to your head. But I, 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 I've at least stayed on topic no. of wine. I'm not yeah. talking about somewhere else like, like Thomas does. Like suddenly I'm singing Barbie Girl for no apparent reason, which I haven't done yet. And who knows if <laughs> it will happen. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, 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 uh, let's do this. I'm going to throw in questions wherever I, I, I have some. Got it. Um, but a lot of people did send in questions for you, which okay. I think is kind of great. All right. All right. Um, so, um, I'm afraid of Tony's questions the most because that's. I know those, he's so funny. Those are the ones um, that are kind of freaking me out at the moment. Um, okay, um, so Brittany, mm -hmm. uh, this is Brittany Bazlewski. She wants to know, uh, and you, let me just ask her a question. So, what was the one wine that solidified your passion? Uh, what was your wine epiphany? You know, everybody always comes uh, comes with either champagne or they come with Burgundy. Uh, mine is a. 1999 Shattered Charm Cabernet Merlot. Huh. It was just like the greatest wine I had tried up until that point, and I was like totally bitten. And where where did you have it? Um, I I either bought a bottle. Well, I must have bought a bottle because I had a bunch in the house at one point. Um, but I I I think I would have tried it at Shattered Charm. I think that's where I tried it. Loved it so much. Bought a bunch of it. I also saw it in the LCBO. Bought a bunch of it there. And um, you know, it's 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 quite interesting now that we're talking about this wine because at the time that we're we're recording this, uh, Michelle Bosk has just passed mm -hmm. away, mm -hmm. and she was so lovely. We she had us over for dinner, and she told me that Paul Bosk Senior was going to be at the dinner. So I had brought my last bottle of that '99 Cab Merlot, and at this point, it's probably got to be ten years old. Mm -hmm. 10 to 12 years old and we're there and it, it was it was a it was a gorgeous bottle of wine mm -hmm. still held and i'm i'm you know tasting it with paul bosk senior paul bosk junior michelle mm -hmm. yeah. um eric is there as well and it was just, it's one of those Incredible moments experience. you know where you're just tasting it with the wine and he's like i have not tried i have not tried this wine in so long <laughs> and um or if he i don't even know if they had any left mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing uh, so it was, that was, that was, but that wine was the wine that made me go, yeah, this is the one that I really, really like. And it was before I started writing, but it was the first wine I ever reviewed on my website. Mm -hmm. I love it when an Ontario wine shows for when it's 10 years plus old. Yeah. I love it. when. But that, that 99, when it was fresh was also gorgeous. And that, as I said, the first wine I reviewed on my website, first wine. Okay. Even um, though it was probably not even in, in stores anymore yeah. when I started the website, I still wanted to write about that one. And they're still making it? The Cab Merlot. It's just yeah. the straight Cab Merlot. It, okay. At the time, it was, I always thought it was a blue label. I'm told it's a black label, but it's that old, you know, gold foil around uh, with the chateau on it. It's, you know, a lot of people think it's, you know, it's quite quaint now, but it, mm -hmm. that was the wine. It was, it was, I, I still have a bottle of the 2002 of the same wine with mm -hmm. the same label. Uh, and that was a great vintage as well. But. Um. Derek Barnett wants to know, why do you hate on Chardonnay so much? Oh, my God. I have tried... <laughs> and I want to know, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know, I've tried so much bad Chardonnay. Now, Derek Barnett makes great Chardonnay. Yes. Don't get me wrong. He makes some great Chardonnay. Probably the only five-star Chardonnay review I've ever given was to a Derek Barnett wine. Oh. Uh, it was it was stunning. Um, I know that, but I can't remember the vintage. Is it from vintage. his Melville project? No, it was from a Lely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A Lely one. yeah. He made such great wines. Yeah. 
and he still makes great I wine. I keep like, tasting old Lely's, and every time they're every single yep. one of them. Still fantastic. fantastic. Still fantastic. Like, consistently fantastic. My my thought about about uh, Derek Barnett's wines, especially when he was with Laley, and I've I've talked to him about this, so it's not like I'm I'm talking out of school. I think he made wines to age, and and that's why mm-hmm. he was making them. I think now, as he's getting older and realizing he may not be around to taste them in twenty years, he's <laughs> making them more drink now. That's what I think you is think going that? on. That's what I believe. Really? Yeah, he's. They still have a little ageability to them, but they're still they're more approachable. Whereas if you think back to Laley, you know, ten years ago, man, you know, some of those twelve, some of those tens, uh, some of those fives, they were like you know massive mm-hmm. bruisers. They were like, this is going to age forever, mm-hmm. and and it proves it time and time again when you open some of those old wines. They they really feel like they're going to age forever, and still. Uh, but well balanced. Chardonnay, I just tasted so much bad Chardonnay. Just so what's, much like when you, bad what's Chardonnay. What's a bad Chardonnay to you? Over-oaked. Um, too much butter. Too much vanilla. Too much American oak. A lot of those bad Chardonnays are American. Uh, I don't know why everybody loves Kistler. I can't stand Kistler. Yeah. I just, it's over-oaked. It's over the top. It's just, you know, but people love it. And, mm-hmm. and I think people love chardonnays like that because they can pick something out you tell them oh can you get the delicacy of the peach can you get the delicacy of of the vanilla they go no but i really get the butter and the oak and that's sure that's fine that's great if that's what you like in your chardonnay go for it but i i'm i'm first and foremost chardonnay like any other grape is a grape and it should have some fruit in it see you don't like that chair now you know why i was shifting the other day um i'm just comfortable as a clam in this thing good enjoy i can't even move i've got like half a one knee with michael and i'll back up a little bit yeah back it up but but um uh, yeah it's uh, first and foremost uh, Chardonnay is is fruit. I, sh- I should taste fruit. Everything else should be a background player. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, uh, Ontario is starting to get it. Yeah. There's a lot of really great Chardonnays. You made a great Chardonnay. That Shula Vineyard was a was a fabulous bottle of, of Chardonnay. Um, Flat Rock uh, is making great. There's just great Chardonnay being made Chardonnay. all over so Ontario. Your palate. your palate just wants a cool climate. I do. I like cleaner. the acidity. Yeah. I really liked when I we mentioned I went to Monterey. Mm-hmm. What I really loved about Monterey was their Chardonnays. I thought, you know, when I was tasting California Chard, I'm like, ah, I'm not going to like these. But I really liked Monterey mm-hmm. Chardonnay. And the reason I liked it was because it is a cool climate. Mm-hmm. The funny part is when you're in Monterey, they like to stress that we're different from California. We're cool climate. Now, for them to explain somebody from Ontario what cool climate is, is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? We don't see a lot of rain, but, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, oh, well. But, yeah, that's why I hate Chardonnay. I've tasted a lot of Chardonnay. I continue to taste bad Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Even even at, at I4C, there's still bad Chardonnay that shows up. There's really good Chardonnay that shows up, but there's some, still some bad Chardonnay. And I just know I just know what I like in Chardonnay. I hate on Chardonnay because uh, of its, I guess it's inconsistency, but you can say that about pretty much any grape. But the inconsistencies yeah. about Chardonnay are stark. Like when it's bad, yeah. when it's over oaked, it really you, you you can't even say this is going to get better in five or ten years. Mm-hmm. It just I and I've also noticed that um, for Chardonnay, uh, I don't like anything over uh, six seven years. It's very very odd because it just gets it gets too weird, too funky, too yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then and then there's people making really funky, stinky, smelly Chardonnays, and I'm like. I don't want that either. You know, just give me something that that I that I like. And I know what I like in Chardonnay. Yeah. 
Well, that's half the thing with wine, too. Yeah. Like, know what you like, like yeah. it, own it, and that's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what other people think. Just know your wine. Yeah. So, um, I can understand it to write about it. Yeah. Um, even the bad things, I can say, you know what? All right, here's Over Oak. It's a California version. For those who like California, you're going to love this wine. But um, I am, I, I, it's not, you'll never find it at my house. Mm-hmm. So. Now I've listened. Is Andre more on like just is he cool climate predominantly and warm? Is he love all Chardonnay or is he more particular? Uh, if it says Chardonnay on the label, 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 yeah, Andre it. wants it on his table, table, table. He does not <laughs> care. It seems good because then he can offset you. Yeah, That's he does. Good. He does offset me. Yeah, we have to support the, but he, the warmer. Climate. But he, I, I think, and I love Andre, but I think he offsets me too far. It's like here's a Chardonnay, Andre, you know, and it smells like fart in a glass, and he's like, I love this, and I'm like. Yeah. It stinks. It's horrible. What do you like about it? He goes, it's Chardonnay. So, anyway. But yeah. He's allowed. He'll get me back for that one, I'm sure. Yes. Um, how many trips are you taking this year without Erica? That's a Derek question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's his second one. So Well, so far I'm booked for two. So uh-huh. that's that's all I know. And how many? Uh, Italy and, and Washington in, State. In one. 2019, you're doing two. What do you? What did you do in 2018? Uh, I, I did probably six. I know I went to Spain. I went to Portugal. I went to Italy, uh, and then there was a couple more in there. I, okay. I know. I, I, you know, I judge uh, uh, the All Canadian Wine Championships, obviously mm-hmm. without her because we get to go to Prince Edward County. But we've now wrapped it up into a. Uh, um, a vacation where she'll join me on the last day and then we'll spend the weekend in Prince Edward County. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that one counts because mm-hmm. she does join me at the end, but yeah. Uh, there's usually, uh, on the in an average year, it's about four to six. Okay. Yeah. And we touched on this a little bit the other day because I was like thinking, how do you do this job? Like how, and when you travel, um, so if you do something where you go to Italy and Spain, you don't have to pay for the whole trip you're kind of sponsored it's it's called a familiarization trip is okay. what they do they want you to come and learn mm-hmm. um and then you know what what their job is is to instill a passion mm-hmm. into you and it's the same thing when people come to ontario you know when when whammo invites people to ontario um they you know f- foot the bill but they want you to uh become enamored by this region they want mm-hmm. you to write about it they want you to tell people um and and you know when you when you go to a place it really gives you that understanding of of what it's like yeah, yeah. um you know there i i know that that andre doesn't understand italian wine uh, i understand italian wine more because i've been there a number of times yeah um, so much easier if you go there correct you see like, the soil you talk to the winemakers i don't know how you do burgundy without going to burgundy I, i'd love to go to Bur- I, you know france is one place i've never been i'd love to i'd love to go to bordeaux i'd love to go to burgundy but um you know if somebody's listening out there who can make this happen i would mm. love to go to the rhone valley that is where i would want and to go i would most. like to also go with michael so can you please make it <laughs> Two tickets. <laughs> I love Rhone Valley wine. It's yeah, probably one too. of my, my favorite places. Yeah. California, Chile is another place I'd like to go. I'm a lot. I'm I'm very old world when I when I travel. It mm-hmm. seems except you know I stop somewhere at the border of France. They don't have me over there yet. Mm-hmm. So okay. Oh, she's looking. At, she's got pages. Like I, I, no, no, I interviewed you without any, any. I know. I don't know how you do this without notes. So I just want to have a little bit of fun. Those are some more serious questions, and we've got okay. more. Um, Michael and I have a love for '80s music. We do love okay. '80s music. Yeah. Oh, grew up I in the bring '80s. You right? this. There you go. Just in oh. case. Just in case. All right. That uh, you don't have those are. So I just gave Michael a paper that has some varietals. Yeah. Uh, some that are common to Ontario. Okay. 
Yeah. You're going to answer these questions with any varietal. Okay. And always in the context of Ontario wines. All right, got it. I'm going to give you a song yep. from the 80s. Yep. You're going to match it to the varietal. Okay. Oh, wow. Now, sparkling isn't a varietal, but it's a kind right. of wine. Sparkling can be Pinot Meunier, Pinot Noir, Blanc de Blanc, Blanc de Noir, whatever a you want. And I'm looking at this be. list, so it says... And X you can add on. X oh, X is that what XYZ means? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was, you, I thought it was winemaker to... terminology or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, is there some stuff the in it? Formula. If you want to add in Marshall Foch or something like oh, that, God, go no. for it. Like, no. if there's, I just put some down that I oh, was okay. thinking of. All right. Okay, so we'll start really easy. Yeah. Um, Heaven by Brian Adams. Oh, Heaven by Brian Adams. Uh, you know what? Uh, so I'm supposed to say what I think the, well, the grape would go with. with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Gamay. Okay. Yeah. Stuck on you, Lionel Richie. Uh, stuck on you. What are you stuck on? <laughs> um, uh, well, Cab Franc. Love yeah, Cab Franc. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Love okay. sparkling as well, but I mean, Cab Franc, uh, if, if somebody says to me, you know, pour me something quintessentially Ontario, uh, it's always Cab Franc, and if they want, like, the best of Ontario, somebody comes over to the house and says, pour me, pour me something like the best of Ontario, uh, some of the best Cab Franc uh, is made at Trias. Mm -hmm. uh, that... Um, that red shale is just consistently is such a good bottle of wine. Um, Made by Craig McDonald. So. Mm -hmm. His questions are coming next. Oh, my uh, God. Pour some sugar on me. Oh, well, that'd be Baco for sure. That's all everybody does. <laughs> if, unless you're Henry Pelham making proper Baco, <laughs> uh, pour some sugar on him. Yeah. You give love a bad name. Oh, uh, you know what? Pinot Noir. There's... Oh, God, Cabernet Sauvignon. No, no, no. Pinot Noir. And the reason I would go Pinot Noir is because everybody says, oh, I love Pinot Noir. And um, it's it's so hard to love that grape. Mm. It is Because it's mm. a heartbreak grape, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you love it or you hate it. And mm -hmm. you, you really want to love it and then, and then there's so many you love and then you get one of those and you go oh it's not a good pinot okay my song for pinot would be uh hurts so good oh yeah that's true too yeah <laughs> that's my pinot one. oh yeah um i still haven't found what i'm looking for you too oh you know what i would say chardonnay would probably <laughs> fit there but if i'm really gonna go um uh Fauch, i uh, just huh. can't stand Fauch. it's such a horrible grape to me and I still haven't found what I'm looking for in it which is something mm -hmm. drinkable mm. so yeah and I'm going to give Andre Chardonnay answer to this one it's Michael Bolton uh, how am I supposed to live without you yeah that it would be Chardonnay <laughs> that's for, for uh, that's for Andre do you know what for me um, you know years it wouldn't it, I, I was never a sparkling wine fan then I met my wife and then mm -hmm. I became a really big sparkling wine fan mm -hmm. and I, I have lots of sparkling wine and I think it's because I finally realized that we had things to celebrate and uh, great. and that it wasn't uh, just a sparkling is, is for celebrations. We have Sparkling Wine Friday every Friday just because it's the weekend. You know yeah. what I mean? It's nothing important. It's just Friday. And it just gives us it gives us something to open a bottle of bubbles with and, and share. Because sparkling Wine Monday is good, too. Sparkling Wine Monday, <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, any day of the week yeah. is good. But um, because we we diverge at Chardonnay. My wife is uh, was, was Riesling, now is huge Chardonnay. So we share so a Chardonnay. Blanc too, right? She's, she does like Sauvignon yeah. Blanc. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we, we stop. She doesn't like reds. She's not a red drinker. So sparkling oh. is something that, you know, it's, it's made from red grapes, it's made from white grapes, whatever. We, we meet right there, and then it all depends. If she says to me, um, all right, after that bottle, I feel like some Chardonnay, it, it, it means that I'm sharing the bottle of Chardonnay with her. Mm -hmm. um, and if she says, I feel like a Chardonnay, it means she wants the whole bottle to herself. So <laughs> that's what some that's or a. I yeah. like Erica so yeah. much. Yeah. So that's, that's why I know. 
But we 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 converge at sparkling, and after that, we're like I love. Okay, I have two more for you. If Got you it. So, uh, love is a battlefield. Oh, uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, love is a battlefield. What would be a battlefield kind of wine? And it has to be Ontario, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what? Let's go for one not on your list. Marquette. Yeah, yeah, and I, the reason I'm saying Marquette is because it seems to be a very polarizing grape at the yeah, moment. Some, I just, my body language, I just sat back and put my... Some people really want it to become yeah. a VQA grape. Some people don't. It is it is at the moment one of those battlefield grapes. I think Baco at the same time was a battlefield grape. Okay, wait. I'm going to interject. Morgan Juniper wants to know, should Marquette be a VQA approved varietal? Well... Yeah, yeah, I think it is. The Marquettes I've tasted, it's good, and it's going to be good for um, uh, for those marginal climates mm-hmm. in Ontario. Um, put it this way: at, until you until global warming really takes over the planet, and if Donald Trump has his way, we you know we will become a much warmer planet because he's just going to totally ignore it mm-hmm. until it it you know we're we're all burning and we're the Florida of the North, um, but. I, I think Marquette helps those marginal climates until they get mm. warm enough to, to grow Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> That's got to be very warm, but the way we're going, I'll be dead by the time they do that. But Cabernet Sauvignon will come to Georgian Hills Winery. <laughs> I, we, we share the same hate for Cabernet Sauvignon, so I'm just going to shut her down right there. Well, I'm I, laughing so hard. I, I love Cab Sauv. Not uh, Ontario Cab Sauv is a Cab tough, Sobe. is a I'm, tough I'm grape. Sure about Ontario, Ontario should not be made uh, making Cab Sauv on a regular basis. But it's then there are those years that you know you talked about uh, 2015 being such mm-hmm. a gorgeous vintage, great mm-hmm. vintage for Cab Sauv. But three out of ten years does not make a grape, mm-hmm. you know, make a, a wonderful grape for this for this area. Mm-hmm. Although there are some guys who really make some great Cab Sauv, and I, I my oh, hats yeah. off go up to them. If you know if you're making great Cab Cab Sauv in 13 and 14. I remember um, uh, Mark Bradshaw at Struan made a, uh, just mm-hmm. some wonderful cabs mm-hmm. uh, in 14. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you really nailed mm-hmm. this one completely. Yeah. How the hell do, did you do it? You well, know, but he hangs it. makes you eat your words. Yeah, but he hangs it so long that, mm-hmm. you know, in November mm-hmm. he's still hanging mm-hmm. Cab Sauv and into December as well. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, then let's go to Craig. No. He wants to know. I need, I'm going to need more wine for that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If yeah. Craig's got something to say. <laughs> Craig was pretty easy on you. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm okay. ready. Okay. He wants to know, um, which currently planted varietal has shown the most improvement over the past 10 years? This would be obviously in Ontario. So what varietal do you think is is doing well for us? Uh, the most most improvement or the most improvement by, by winemakers? Does he not specify that? No, he doesn't. Okay, uh, then I'm going to go with Gamay. And the reason really? I'm going to go with Gamay is because more and more people are jumping on that bandwagon, and I love to see that. And they're making good Gamay. Mm-hmm. So Taz jumped on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Featherstone always made good Gamay, then they stopped, but they're back on it again. Uh, leaning Post. There are so mm-hmm. many uh, wineries that are coming out of the gates with good Gamay. Mm-hmm. Feel, fielding, making mm-hmm. good Gamay. Who's um, one of the, like, when I think Gamay, I always think the Courtney Gamay from Malabar. From Malabar. That was, like, something that blew Quintessential away. Gamay that these was, days. Like, that was is my it. Friday. I, yeah. I absolutely love that wine. Um, and that, I'm going to say that was going back, I was at, so 2010. Mm-hmm. Was there much Gamay before 2010? The only ones who were really, really loving on Gamay at that time uh, was 
was 13th Street. Uh, we talked about 13th Street right. uh, when, when you and I, I no, chatted. Yeah, that's right. They and 13th Street things. was, you know, uh, they made the uh, the sandstone mm-hmm. and they made a straight gamay. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it was through them that I really got a love on for for gamay. But not a lot of people were making it mm-hmm. and, not make, and not taking it seriously. I think these days there are a lot of wineries taking gamay very seriously because they mm-hmm. realize that you know we're pinot and chardonnay we're, we're riesling and cab franc we've got to get something else out there for and 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 gamay can be as long as people understand that it can it can be served warm but it can be chilled, chilled. Yeah. and it and, and it's a, a gorgeous summer wine as mm-hmm. well you know made properly mm-hmm. it can it can be you know your perfect summer wine, a perfect burger wine, a pizza wine. It can be a weekday wine made well. It can be a weekend wine. You can have, you can have the the straight, alive gamay that mm-hmm. um, that Malamore makes. Then you can have your your kind of mid tier that small lot that is just you know every year it seems to be just just like that perfect balance mm-hmm. of great gamay. And then you know for a special occasion you pull out that bottle of Courtney and just blow everybody away, mm-hmm. and, and and I love and the even tears because the Courtney's priced so reasonably. Yeah, and that's so, and that's the beautiful part about gamay. Yeah, it is a yeah, reasonably priced drink, so you can make great wine at reasonable okay, prices. So I'm going to change that and say I think you're right. For the past five years, gamay has come like right out of the yeah. gates. But if Craig's question was ten years, what have you really seen? That that's really improved. Yeah, whether it's viticulturally Sh- or uh, Chardonnay. wine. Yeah, that's Chardonnay. what I was thinking too. I, as you're answering Gamay, I'm like, you know what? It's Chardonnay. Chardonnay is the grape that Ontario embraced. We embraced it with I4C, but we embraced it because we finally understood that it was going to be something that we can make. And there's always been great Chardonnay made in Ontario, but when we started to finally realize that it wasn't about tonnage, it was mm-hmm. about lower crops, lower yields, mm-hmm. single vineyards, mm-hmm. uh, finding locations for it. Uh, you know, that's why Burgundy is, is is complicated, but it's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. because they have all that history behind them, and now they know that Chardonnay grows well here, Pinot Noir grows well mm-hmm. here, and neither the twain shall meet. We're, we're, yeah. we're such a young industry, we're still trying to figure out what's going to grow where. Yeah. Again, back to Cab Sauv. Should we mm-hmm. be growing it? At some places. Look, Creekside makes great Syrah. Would I recommend Syrah to everybody in Ontario? Not a chance. Mm-hmm. But Creekside has got something special, so yeah, grow the mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you guys have figured it out. But I wouldn't recommend it to anybody else. Yeah. yeah. No, I no, totally no. Agree. So she nods her I totally agree. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, do you... Um, do you favor one nostril over the other when you determine a wine's bouquet? Well, that's a weird one. Well, who um, would ask you that? Tony Asfler. Um, I guess I'm a right nostril. <laughs> Maybe that's although I, I do kind of I do kind of go back and forth, that's but I definitely left. Never. No, uh, you know I'm 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 a full nose kind of person, but if I'm I always start right, go left. So. Right, and then if, and because most people are, you know, seem to be on my left when I'm talking mm-hmm. to them, so I end up you know kind of leaning. But yeah, so I guess I'm right nostril. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we'll ask him. Well, Tony's a lefty, right? So maybe yeah, he's a left I'm nostril a lefty, kind of. Yeah. Okay, are so you a lefty? No, I'm a lefty nose. A lefty nozzle. A nozzle guy. <laughs> nozzle woman. Yeah. Wait, so, um, uh, my question, one of them, um, did you ever think of becoming a winemaker? No. Never wanted that stress. Why not? Never wanted that stress. I have enough. I have. You want to make a gamay? No. What if I plan to row a gamay? No. I'll I'll watch you make it. I'll come in and help you. But I mean, I'm not. 
Um, no, no. no I, I don't. I don't want that stress. Um, I have enough stress dealing with the wine council and uh, Whammo, and you know, the moment you say something that they don't like, they are all over you, uh, and then you become blackballed and things like that. And uh, I have I have said and done things. I, you know, it's funny when I started. Um, the the Yannick, who is the lady who made my website and designed my logo, she says, you know, what kind of wine writer are you going to be? Are you going to are you going to just talk about the wine, or are you going to get political, or what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I just want to write about the wine. And then you know, Ontario somehow sucks you into the polit the politics of the stupidity of some of the things we do. And I've been dragged in. I have written opinion pieces, and I have been blackballed by certain members of Wine Council of Whammo because of things that I have said and, and, and stood up for. Do you, do you naturally have thick skin or is that something that's come over time? Um, I think you have to just develop it. You know, you're always worried about anything that you put out um, into the public because you always wonder if, if people are going to like it, if people are going to respond to it. Social media, you know, makes it even even worse. Uh, the reason I love social media and I don't love social media, social media sucks up so many hours of my day uh, or, or my week just to get things out there um, because uh, the medium of magazines and, 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 and publishing, it's getting smaller and smaller and, and you know, because there's so many people willing to do it for free that to get paid for it is, you know, is, is, is more difficult. Yeah. Um, and 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 they'll take they'll take somebody who has been doing it for six months and pay them nothing, and somebody who's been doing it, such as you know Tony, who's been doing it for much longer than I have. I've been doing this, as I said, over fifteen years. If I can, I can't even think of the date I started, but at least fifteen years. Um, and and they they don't want they don't want that kind of experience they don't want to pay for that kind of experience they're willing to pay somebody you know much cheaper for you know six months or whatever so and that's again another yeah. tangerine but that yeah I and it, this goes without saying but i feel like i have to say it to you like you have to love what you do because you're not making no you you have to find other avenues yeah. Uh, of things to do so i inventory wine cellars mm -hmm. um you know the on-hold messaging if any winery needs on-hold messaging please give me a call <laughs> um we can get you set up um but you know that's the that's the kind of things that that you have to do to you know yeah. survive i, I just i just love wine i love tasting wine i love experiencing wine i love sharing wine mm -hmm. um it's just one of those you know beautiful mm -hmm. things well i'm sure i'm not the only one but that says a huge thank you from all the winemakers no, thank you. and all the people in the industry for helping to promote what we do because we just make it and without the other half yeah we're well a you, bit lost, you so know I, I love i love that you guys have that passion because i know that wineries don't make a lot um and it takes a long time for them to to see any kind of profit and uh winemakers I, i'm sure don't don't make a ton of dollars uh, but it's you know and winery owners winemakers it's just a it's a passion yeah. for all of us yeah. um to to get to to put that that out there and, and you know just like i have to have thick skin i i think some winemakers need to get some thicker skin because some of them get very upset when they you know why didn't you write about my wine you know i i'd love to say that all your wines are great but they're they're not all mm -hmm. great some of them are better than others and 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 i i've determined that I'm only going to write about about good wines. Mm -hmm. um, some wines are just oh, okay, um, mm -hmm. you know. And people people ask me, and I'll, I'll say that you know how was blah blah blah, and I'll say it was okay. But if you want a better wine by the same winery, here's a better one, mm -hmm. you know. But, but you're hopefully seeing a shift over the past few years in a definitely a, a 
improvement in quality, like across the Ontario. Well, the la- the last so again based on when we're doing this uh, interview, um, it's it's January, so my first newsletter of the year came out, and it was the first time in a long time I've spotlighted one winery. It was Megalomaniac, and the reason I spotlighted them is because I had so many great reviews of what Sebastian had been doing there. And I'm like, I, I can either spread this out over the next six to 12 weeks, or you know what? I can throw six of them out there and spotlight them and go, mm-hmm. you know what? Sebastian has turned this winery around. He has, and you know... It took him three years. I didn't even realize it, he was there for three years. It always takes a winemaker three years. It always yeah. does. So, Because so you got to get rid of the right? from the other person. Well, well, I don't even know if it's, I don't know if it's that. I'm not going to say that. But you have to get in and get to know the vineyard, Correct. get to know the business model, get to know what your budget is. And I've seen, I've seen Seb's wine because he's a, a, a personal friend of mine too, and a, and a huge mentor. But I've seen his wines from before the three years, from the very beginning, as he after his first harvest. And you could see, and I was like, Seb, you are making fantastic wines yeah, here. I was, and I'm so happy that you're seeing it. I can't wait for other people yeah. to see it. There is going to be a huge shift in, in Megalomaniac's wine. And when you can see the small lots and yeah. stuff he does. There's another winery that's that's doing, I think, really well is um, uh, Organized Crime. He's turning yeah. that around. Greg Yemen, I think it is. Yeah. He's turning that place around. I, I went in, and yeah, I was very impressed by the stuff there. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I'm looking forward to his next, next vintage. Yeah. So. Um, what life lessons have you learned from your years of tasting wine? And that is Tony's serious question. What, what, what life what lessons? Life lessons. That's a, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, I've learned to lie really well. Yeah. Um, you know. Think off the cuff. You think off the cuff. Come up with a note that you never is going to see the light of day. Uh, I have learned that the word interesting is not interesting. Um, for, a, for a wine journalist, anytime you go, oh, that wine's interesting. He doesn't think it's interesting. I don't know if oh, you got Interesting okay. is not, you know, unless he can, back unless you can back up why it's interesting. You know, when you're standing at a table in front of a winemaker and he's like, what do you think of that? And you're like, well, that's interesting. You know, and if unless you can go, I like the this, that, and the other thing and how this comes together. Mm-hmm. If you just leave it at interesting, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. That's, and as a winemaker, if the critic says interesting, just shut it down. Get yeah, the next wine out. <laughs> yeah, get the next wine out. You don't want to... Um, yeah, just uh, enjoy every moment, I guess. You know, um, and there's always, there's always a... There's always a better wine around the corner. A lot of people think, oh, there's got to be a better wine. But if you like a wine, enjoy that wine as it is. Another life lesson I learned is if you really like something, buy the heck out of it because wine is finite. And people are coming to me, oh, I love that wine. I wanted to buy more of it. Uh, But I can't seem to find the 2015. Well, it's 2018. You're not going to find it anymore. It's gone. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. if you liked it so much, you should have bought it. It's the worst when it's gone. Yeah. When you're passionate about wine, if you can't get that wine that you just love... It's and, and people hold on to them. And they go, oh, I, I held on to it, and it was great. I, I want to get some more of it. Well, you go on to winesearcher.com or whatever and try to find it, but it's going to cost you a pretty penny if you can find it. So if you like something, really get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, You asked, I think you, I haven't heard uh, your podcast with uh, Morgan yet because it's not out. No, no, but, at that uh, point, it will be shortly. She's going to ask you cheese or chocolate. So what was that? Oh, was, cheese or chocolate. Oh, other, right? cheese or chocolate. Oh, she's going to ask me the cheese or chocolate question. Yeah, uh, I never asked you that question, but uh, because I'd like to ask, you know, odd odd questions Mm -hmm. of people that they don't expect. Mm -hmm. So her and I were in the middle. And anybody that knows me, it's chocolate is my breakfast. So I'm never giving it up. So you would give up cheese? Yeah. I eat chocolate like... So, um, would I give up cheese or chocolate? I am a chocoholic, but lately we've been, um, we've been doing the keto diet 
And uh, I guess I, I have given up chocolate to an extent. So, but cheese is like a staple. So, and there's so many great cheeses in the world. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'd have to give up chocolate, although it really pains me to say that. Yeah, I guess if I had to pick one, chocolate? I'd give up chocolate. Yeah. So if we're on uh, an island and this is the end, I'm okay with you because I'm going to take the chocolate. And the cheese. So if we get the, the parcel so that's we're dropped. Ready. We're okay. Ready. okay. Well, here's the good thing. If we're on that island, hopefully it's a desert island. Your chocolate's going to melt. <laughs> My cheese will be just fine. Although I have to eat no, it quick no, too because no, it's going to go bad. Sun, yeah. Not when I throw it in the water. Oh. Just Soggy <laughs> cheese? <laughs> I can't even. Yeah. Cheese. Um, so I couldn't reach Wes. From, okay. Uh, five rows. All right. Um, and I listened to your podcast with him, yeah. which was excellent Thanks. as well. Um, and uh, so you sort of asked him once he put the f uh, five rows when the five rows of Pinot yep. were in, and then they were going to plant another varietal. How do you think of the next varietal? What's the next steps? What are the next steps for you? What's something? Oh. What's what's for Michael Pincus in the next five years? Anything? Well, that's a good question. I, you know what, I, I have all, I've been asked that question many times. Not just you know, but you get that asked in mm -hmm. when you're in job interviews. And wait, I wait. Do you set goals? Like, do you do New Year's resolutions? I used to. I, I don't. Usually, it was about losing weight because when you start, you know, you get on the scale every so often, you go, mm -hmm. "I'm what?" Uh, and you go, I, "I can't be that much." There's no way. Where did that go? It's uh, water weight. Yeah, it's all water weight. Um, it's got to be something else. It's not me. Uh, where's the cat? Is he stepping on the scale too? This this thing's got to be calibrated properly. Uh, there's so many reasons why I'm that weight. So that's why we went on this diet. I you know. Is that like a, you know like I, I don't. Uh, there's certain countries I'd like to go visit. Uh, is this it's Chile? I'd like to get to, you know to, to Napa. Um, I'd want to go to Argentina. I want to go to the Rhone Valley. Uh, these are like bucket lists I want to go to. Um, I was invited to Croatia. I couldn't go. Somebody said, oh, you idiot, you should have gone. I think my brother, but it was like a week and a half. That seems a lot, like a week-long trip is, is you know, pushing it's it, long, you know, but a week and a half. Um, Wait, it's a week and a half in Croatia, all yeah. paid. Yeah. Uh, well, I may have had to pay for the the airfare. They weren't 100% sure. I just couldn't go because I teach wine classes. And I can I can sometimes say, look, I'm going to miss that one Friday. Let's push it. But for a week and a half, it meant I was going to miss two. Right. And that's that's really hard for them to, to get around. Um, and I love teaching, so I, you know, it's, it's one of the things I really love doing. I love do more teaching. That, yes, love teaching about wine because when you when you get those aha moments yeah. from people when you're teaching them about wine, and they're like, um, you know, I I hate Pinot, and, and you're like, you're oh, okay, and then you pour a wine and you you pour everything blind for them, and they're like, oh, I love this wine. What is it? I go, well, that's a Pinot. So you don't actually hate Pinot. You just hate something that you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. Although I did have uh, one student who said, I hate Cab. And every time I poured a Cab, she was she always hated it. Always, always hated it. Always? always blind, not blind. She knows what always she hated likes, it. She right? really hated it. Mm -hmm. So they were out. Uh, I, you know... You know, uh, I, I guess you know you can always say rule the world, things like that. Um, but that's <laughs> that's uh, not realistic. That's not realistic, and it's going to happen. I don't want to shoot you down, but but yeah, not going to happen. But you know, there are there are things that um, I, I just I just want to continue to be able to do what I do. Mm -hmm. I guess that's that's the goal for five years is to continue 
Um, making a living is is a stretch, especially these days. Uh, I st- but I still want people to you know come to me and and say you know what we'd love you to write for the magazine. Um, you know we we uh, we we want to hear your opinions. I want you know people to still want to uh, get the newsletter, read my stuff. That's mm-hmm. you know just to be able to uh, you know be that guy that people turn to and want to want to talk wine to and and take advice from. I love it when people come up to me and say you know what. We tried that wine that you recommended, and we really loved it. So thank you very much. And I love when when winemakers call, which is so rare, um, and thank uh, thank us for what we do for Andre and I for what we do uh, for. I, I think I think in the fifteen years I could count on this hand uh, the amount of times somebody has called me to thank me. It's and it's uh, just to say, you know, we really loved what you did, um, and 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 for those who have done it, and I, and you know who you are, uh, it means more to me than the guys. And I put it this way: I'd have to strip naked, and and count on whatever things that are sticking out, um, plus you know limbs and stuff. The amount of people that have phoned me to bitch at me about something I said, something I did oh, that really? they got mad at me Compared for. Compared to the thank, thank yous, yeah, yeah. so one hand thank yous, strip naked and count hairs and everything that, for the <laughs> amount of people not. that that have you know phoned me up and said, why did you say this about my wine? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? You know, you know, why did you? You know, this was not a good thing to say and you're like well did you agree with me doesn't matter whether i agree with you or not you shouldn't have said it you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's that's i think what's hard too is when you like from the winemaking pers- perspective when you put a glass in front of a critic let's say from my perspective because i'm not going to speak that is like standing naked it, in front of them it really is and you're you're giving an opportunity for someone to critique your craft or your work and what makes it really hard is that it's not like you can say, oh, I don't like this, and I'll say, no problem, give me two minutes, I'll go back in the kitchen, and I'll whip you up a new one. Yeah. I can't, it's two years, in some cases, it's 10 months, 18 months, whatever, three years. I can't whip you up another egg. Where, where we just, like, tried our best to make something, and and then it just gets shot down. And especially if the winemaker is particularly attached to that wine or feels like it is a really good wine, and then a critic just comes in and goes... and. I always feel like I want to say, well, what did you just eat? Can we just try this again? Can you come back yep. tomorrow? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like your Chef Ramsay and go, make me another right. steak. Right? Like, I guess maybe it's... It's underdone! So... Oh, God. It's raw! You know, that kind of thing. It just doesn't, you know... Exactly. I can't do this. You're making me laugh too hard. No, but you know, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, um... I feel like I've almost cut Are you done? Are you yeah, done? I oh, think my God. Like for, like, round one, this is... Round one? Oh, my I'm God. Sure I'm going to come back to... Wow. Wait, I have new questions, but... Well, we have to get Andre in the hot seat, too, at some point. Yeah, Ooh. we'll get someone in there to interview All him. All right, we'll and, get him. And, and we'll, we'll get him going. Well, yeah. Kelly, is that it? Are we done? That's it. I think we're wow, done. Wow, we're done. Thank you, Michael. Well, thanks th- for uh, giving me this opportunity. Well, thanks. And uh, I'm going to yeah. give you back your, your pink pen so you could read. I didn't know you were that blind. You write very large. So uh, I guess that's Kelly Mason of... Uh, you, you, go ahead. Uh, I'm Kelly, and I make wine for Hansberger Estate Winery, Domain Caloose, and the farm wines. You can find me at Itty Bitty Pinot Project. I'm uh, Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Um, my my podcast partner is Andre Pru of AndreWineReview.ca. Uh, this was theoretically two guys talking wine, but uh, this is one of the guys um, talking wine. And uh, let's hope Andre gets a chance to uh, to get one of these Q and A's 
as well. Yes. Uh, Kelly, thank you for, for coming in. Um, that was quite a surprise, but and thanks for giving me the, the big chair. I really yes. appreciate. And as always, uh, I want people to uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, uh, follow us on social media. He's Andre uh, Weinerview on most social media platforms, I think almost all of them. I'm either the Grape Guy or Michael Pincus or Michael Pincus Weinerview. I wasn't as coherent as, as Andre was when I was starting doing this. Uh, 15 years, right? You yeah, just yeah. start You've grabbing. You've a lot of things to add on. Yeah, you just kind of keep going. And then, uh, well, I guess I should say it now. Good night. Wait, I'm going to say thank you to all the winemakers that sent their questions in with such short notice. Yeah, thanks, guys. And Tony Aspler. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I have to be honest, Andre. I really did have a lot of fun at that. At that. And I and I honestly, I, I know after she finished, she goes, I could take Andre's place. I went, Maybe. Once again, I have nothing to say to that. I'm actually still seething a little bit at the digs you were taking about me. Just because it says Chardonnay on the label, label, label doesn't mean that I like it on my table, table, table. I happen yes, to be of great discriminating tastes. Oh, uh, you sure. and I, you and I both agreed uh, wholeheartedly on a certain Chardonnay that was recently released through through vintages that neither one of us enjoyed at all. So I'm not yeah. completely nuts. No, I, I, but I sometimes believe you just say it to make me feel better. It's probably sitting on your table right now. Ah, shut up, Michael. Um, so I guess what we need to do is um, get Close me interviewed off, by someone. I guess. That's yeah, what we need. We have to do. Well, we should we should find someone to interview me. So if, if if there is anyone in the wine industry listening to this that would like to interview me and take Michael's spot, um, I mean it shouldn't be that hard to replace Michael for an episode. Just uh, send us an email. I guess we have a brand new shiny email address. We do. Do you want to give it out? I don't remember. Oh, two guys talking wine at gmail.com. Perfect. We even have business cards now. We're, uh, we're legit. Yeah, we're bona fide. All right. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Tell people about it. It seems like things have gone completely off the rails. I don't know if I'll ever be able to go on vacation ever again. Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Andre, you can go on vacation anytime. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.